Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, once again, Merry Christmas, everyone. And I know some of you have just heard that very long reading and you thought, well, this is why I don't go to church. (laughs) And let me say that the church, actually, this is the preferred or the praiseworthy option. The priest has given several options. This is the one the church asks for the priest to read uh, because it doesn't fit on Christmas cards normally. So you need a little more time to do it. But stick with me. There's a reason why I chose to go with it. The priest has several options and I thought this was really important for us to hear. And here's why. In our culture right now, there's this phenomenon, we're all living through it, and it's simply called the cancel culture, right? Which if someone does something to you that you don't like or don't agree with, or you do something to them that they don't like and they don't agree with, you're absolutely rejected, abandoned, unfriended, deleted, you name it, you're out of their life. And it's incredibly interesting because on one hand, this is the culture we're living in. Any mistake or anything someone doesn't like, you're rejected, abandoned, disregarded. And yet this is the same culture that asks us to be incredibly tolerant of each other. And so on one hand, be tolerant. On the other hand, if you ever do anything that upsets me, deleted, unfriended, rejected, abandoned, canceled. And in all of this, What's lacking so much is mercy. The tenderness and mercy that says, hey, we're all broken and we need each other and we need a love that doesn't leave us. In fact, psychologists are showing more and more that as this cancel culture is on the rise, the amount of anxiety that people are living with is through the roof because if one of my flaws is manifest, Love is going to be withdrawn. Love is going to be withheld. I'm going to be rejected, abandoned, canceled because I'm not perfect in someone's eyes. How different this is in this long genealogy I just read. This is the family of God. This is the family that God chose to work with and enter into. But in this long line of amazing names that parents don't name their kids anymore, like Jerubabel, In this long line of names, we have all sorts of people in here that we would never want to invite to our Christmas dinner table. And yet God says, that's mine, that's my family, right? For example, I'm going to name just a few things that have happened in these stories. One of these women that was named is a prostitute, known well throughout the town for her antics and behaviors, and yet she's named a part of God's family. He doesn't say that's okay. He doesn't say, yeah, that's a good choice in life. Go for it. Not at all. But he doesn't withdraw. He responds with mercy and says, I consider you part of the family. One of them isn't even an Israelite. She's an outsider, another one of these characters. She's not a part of the royal lineage of being a Jew, which is passed on in the bloodline. She's a foreigner, an outsider, someone seen as second class and not enough, someone that most of the Jews would have disagreed with. But in God's family, he says, I'll draw near. I will name you. I see you. You're a part of this. I'm doing something better, something bigger. 
Here's a famous one, David. David's mentioned here. And we all think David the king, David this warrior. But he's mentioned with Uriah. The wife of Uriah is mentioned here. Well, the problem there is that David used his power to send his husband to the war, and then he made child with his wife. Right? When the, king, when the man came back, David sent him to the front lines to get killed. What did God do? Didn't abandon him? Didn't reject him? Didn't reduce him to this terrible sin? He drew close, and he named it for him, and surrounded him with mercy. David repented, was given grace, became a king. One of the greatest kings of Israel wrote beautiful hymns to God, known as the Psalms, and became one of the only people Jesus accepted a title from. They would call him Jesus, son of David, and he never corrected them. He loved being associated with David, the sinner, the repentant one, the one who God doesn't withdraw from. This is so important because what we see is what our hearts need to know is not am I loved when I look nice on Christmas and all of you look spectacular, all right? But we want to know, will we be loved when things are being manifest, when we don't agree, when things are off between us, when I've hurt you or disappointed you or you know my many sins? Are you going to withdraw your love, abandon, reject, and cancel me like so much of the culture? Or will you be like God? and draw close with mercy and say, I'm not going anywhere. Almost every one of your homes has a manger. And in there, you have a gospel of reconciliation being proclaimed incredibly loud because this whole genealogy is working towards the most amazing healing that God works in Jesus. Here's what I mean. We have wise men, educated wealthy, well-to-do, doing great in the world, and shepherds, simple, poor, rough around the edges. They would never get together. But where are they? They're both at the manger scene. Why? Because they're both drawn to Jesus. He reconciles these opposites, brings them together. How about angels, these spiritual heavenly realities, and animals They're all being reconciled. Who would put an angel with a cow? No one, but God does, because they're all his creatures, and he wants everyone to be reconciled. He actually wants unity, but in and around Jesus. Masculinity, femininity, we've hurt each other for millenniums. We've struggled, we've hurt each other, but in Jesus, here's Joseph and Mary perfect love for one another, reconciled how? In Christ. And then in the heart of Jesus, divinity and humanity brought back together. What we see with Jesus is that mercy, forgiveness, tenderness, these are the deepest desires of the human heart, and they are needed perhaps more than ever as we have no mercy in our culture. And here he comes to us, not as a warrior, not as a therapist, not as a dictator, not even as what we would call a God, but as a baby. Open-armed, disarming, small enough to get past our defenses so that our hearts can be opened again. Every good gospel passage has two qualities for us, especially at Christmas. There's consolation and there's challenge. 
The consolation is God does not abandon you and me. This genealogy with all these characters shows us he's not the one who leaves us. We turn our back on him. We get afraid that he won't love us. We get angry. It's we who shut down. He's always working in us and for us. And then in Jesus, it takes on all the more mercy and kindness to say, I know what I made you for. You're made for greatness and holiness. I won't leave you as you fail, but let's not lower the bar. That's the consolation. The challenge is this. If that's the kind of love we need and we want, he then asks it, would you give this Christmas gift to the world? Would you offer a second chance? Because God's always offering us another chance. Will you not throw down the gauntlet of judgment on family, co-workers, people on social media, just because their weaknesses or something you disagree with hits you? Instead, will you respond like God? Will you be like God in this world and say, I'm offering forgiveness. I'm offering mercy. I want to create a place where people can be safe, where they can be seen, known, and loved. Because that's why Christmas is good news. While we were yet sinners, God drew even closer in Jesus. And he continues to come to us in the scriptures, in the sacrament. And then those men and women who open their hearts to him, we can sense them in their hearts as they treat us with that same warmth. May this Christmas in your homes, in your families, and dare I say, even your social media pages, may they witness to the gospel of mercy and the power of Jesus. Merry Christmas.